time for Type 40, your Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook for the Fandom Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks, designated driver, oncoming storm and master of ceremonies as always, and here to elevate your day for the next hour and a bit with Doctor Who conversation fit for that 60th anniversary year on our free-speaking, big-thinking, eclectic show for everyone. Whatever decade or century you started watching, reading, or listening along to those ongoing adventures of our hero, Doctor Who, we talk about it all on this show, and there may even be a few laughs along the way. So come and step into our Dardis this time share this journey together here with us on type 40 welcome back make yourselves comfy scarrow's uh, nastiest they don't do chairs i think we can safely say that the only ones they'll offer are bound to come with too many strings attached pipes coils loads of goo all that kind of thing so perhaps decline yeah you could you could be happy standing won't you it's all about them on this edition of the show sort of if you've ever had an idle thought about the the doctor's longest standing most monstrous of foes odds are you found the the answer to it online and on one incredible website i'm talking about dalek 6388 it's hitting its 21st birthday later this year about to come of age and simon and i caught up with the the originator of the site john green a little while ago for a peek at the the code and the the blueprints the history and the future of this extraordinary online resource that's all coming up in a couple of minutes first of all though i must remind you that if you want to do some real time traveling of your own each and every edition of this show past present and future is just a tap or two away on the device of your choice if you know where to look there's well over 100 now where reviews previews geek outs and deep dives with all our regular panelists and some pretty awesome guests in fact we know there's something for every fan at type40.podbean.com more on that a little later on as well as a couple of minutes where we will make contact with that matrix of all knowledge that we call the fandom podcast network for a word about all the other cult conversations going on across that large family of shows over there there you go i think that's all you need to know at least for now and uh, if you think that's a lot to take in you may have to empty your mental trash for the wealth of information that's coming when we get together with the the davros of dalek 6388 he's not going to thank me for that one is he <laughs> Yes, it's hard to imagine a time where we didn't all have these uh, devices, these sophisticated devices of communication about our person all the time. And with them, a whole world of information at our fingertips, stashed in our pockets or our bags on those smartphones, laptops and tablets. It's funny how every day the touchscreen has become in such a short period of time and how we all use that term to Google something that we don't know. It's uh, on one hand done irreparable damage to the pub quiz circuit, but on the other, it's enabled and in time earned this sort of sense of legitimacy to the gathering and the offering of masses of geeky information, subjects for the interest of the like-minded across the globe. I think the very first thing that I ever typed into a search engine 
when I first got online was Doctor Who. And here we are several decades now into the information age and uh, pop culture devotees are among the most infamously informed and pedantic of hobbyists. You can search practically any little corner of just Doctor Who coverage, be it uh, location hunting, for example, at the, uh, the art of crafting screen-accurate cosplay and fabric matching and all that, it will have that dedicated domain. Sitting tall like the uh, Emperor Dalek is one peerless website. Dalek 6388, a whole online research project about the Daleks themselves, the props as featured on TV in Doctor Who, each and every one, how and who built them, from literally Genesis to Destiny and everywhere else in between. Simon and I are delighted to be joined by the man who opened it all up. So welcome to Type 40, John Green. Hello. It's great to have you here. I've loved using your website for however many years, and I've always wondered about the story behind it and who on earth would have set this this ball in motion all those years ago. Yeah, who was mad enough to do it? It needed to be done, and you were the man. Well, to be fair, I wasn't actually the first person. There were people before doing similar sort of things. Obviously, the internet was still fairly new in those days, so it never really took off in a big way until it was sort of organised like I did it. I remember back in the late 90s and the early noughties, there was still a lot, a lot of suspicion, scorn, I think, fired in the direction of anyone who would confess that they spent quite a lot of time online on the World Wide Web. You used to hear that expression all the time, didn't we? When I'd hear these things talked about in pub chats and things like that, somebody who did spend a lot of time online or, or maybe just more time, more time than most or just knew more about the internet than most would often say, well, as if to justify their, their time and their belief in the internet, they'd say, well, it's a great research tool. But a lot of the time in these conversations, that would actually turn the heat up on them a little bit. Because, well, what have you been researching? I say, oh, well, fishing rods between 1945 and 1952. <laughs> and it just all get worse and worse from there on. But everybody's a geek over something, I believe, John. In the whole sort of universe, the Hooniverse, there are so many rabbit holes that we can get lost down about even the most minor things. So it's only natural, really, that something as major as the Dalek, Simon, that certainly that we both love, since Dalek 6388 appeared site after site after site after site has, has covered doctor who elements to uh, a meticulous degree but i think that this site is sort of streets ahead conceptually isn't it uh you only have to look back at things like uh, andrew pixley's archives mm. in the doctor who magazine to know that there were people doing similar sort of things well before before we did uh, and then there was obviously the big coffee table type of books uh, the older fans will remember the early years. There was lots of attempts to do that. Having something online that we can that we can adjust and update con consistently means that we can constantly keep ahead of the game and update. You know, whereas you don't have to wait a year for a book to come out, which might have things that are wrong with it, and then have to wait another three years for another updated version of it. So. <laughs> I think what's interesting is, you know, what you were just touching on there, Dan, is that, yeah, back in the sort of the dark days, the beginning of the net, people would literally talk about sort of surfing the net. Nobody talks about surfing the net anymore no. because our lives are literally lived now on the net. Whereas before people would, you know, I can remember, saying, what did you do last night? Oh, I just surfed the net for an hour or so. And that's what people do. But then that, they would leave it and they'd be gone and they'd move on to, to back to real life. 
But now yeah. we are never separated from the net. The net is now part of real life. I, I'm one of the last people in the world who doesn't have a smartphone and I don't want one because I don't want to be connected to the nets 24-7. And so I'm deliberately you know, fighting against uh, uh, having a smartphone. And so I think there was definitely a shift from kind of, yes, yeah, surfing the net, which was literally just skimming over the surface of looking at a few, a few websites. Because we now live in, within the net almost, sites like Dalek 6388 have just tapped into that because now you're right, Dan, you can now literally disappear down a rabbit hole with that kind of stuff. You can go a lot deeper than you would have done when you just surfed the net and all you wanted was a little bit of interest about, oh, didn't know Terry Nation had created the Daleks kind of thing. That was as deep as it would have gone. <laughs> yeah. Now we want to know, uh, we, we've, we've all got the time and the inclination and the enthusiasm to want to disappear down those rabbit holes and, and, and spend an entire evening just looking at, into I don't know, rivets on the side of a Dalek, for example. Data that's eluded us sometimes, I think, yeah. John, I think, John, since childhood, in many, many cases. And here you are able to able to bring it to so many people. But I was wondering, how did the site come in, into being? Was it a rainy Sunday afternoon project for you? Or had you mulled over it for some time, for an extended period of time before you launched it? A little bit of both, actually, really. Um, I was actually saving up to buy uh, one of the This Planet Earth uh, replica Daleks. Yeah. If I was going to spend a huge amount of money, I wanted to get the right one. I wanted to make sure that I got the one that was uh, my favourite, the, the favourite colour, that sort of thing. And so, so I did yeah. a, a sort of dabbled about on, in on days looking at old Doctor Who magazines and old books that I would who sort of had in my cupboard. And and one day I covered. I think I think it was in a, a Doctor Who summer special. There was an article in there that it was a very brief version, of, very similar to what we've done. A history of the Dalek props, and it suggested on there that there were Daleks that were reused in in, in episodes, and and that was like a real eye opener to me. I, I'd assumed the BBC had made yeah. new Dalek props for every story. Yeah, and, and I think I, we all did. Yeah, it's that's sort of fascinating me, and it was that that was the little switch that made me think, no, I need to look into that a little bit more, and so I I did. I started digging out magazines and books, very basically trying to piece it together how it how it happened and, that, and that's where the site really came from um there were other people online who had attempted to do things like this in the past the, the fanzine called the frame tony clark and and stephen james walker i think had um had tried to do something similar in that the project dalek forum an early version of that yeah. which i think was a dalek builders guild too. Yeah. um various members of that including mark dando had, had attempted to do it and, th and there were very brief things online i just thought one day well why don't I write something up and, and make a dedicated site to it? It's a very different thing, mission to embark on, isn't it? To do this, rather than to look at the fiction of Doctor Who, whilst we all watch the same episodes, we have a sort of very subjective response to it, I think. And, and head canon, you know, we often stitch these stories together yeah. so they can make some sort of sense. Doctor Who making sense? Who, who needs that? <laughs> but we do do that. Whereas this, what, you, what you're dealing with are the history of these props. It's objective fact what was built when, the practicalities of what may have been used again or not, or adapted for further use. It's a whole different ball game, isn't it? And, and you would think, yeah, I always imagined that it'd be quite simple. I never thought that they built new Daleks every time, but I thought it was just a case of put a tarpaulin over them, put them in a cupboard for a couple of years, and everything would be fine. But it wasn't at all like that, was it, John? 
Not at all. No, no. It's 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 quite incredible just how long some of these parts lasted, and how often they were revamped, renewed. Some of them just got very very long stories. You could tell, um, particularly the prop you can see on the left on the screen now, which we call Dalek One Seven. And you know them all by sight as well. That's I think that's wonderful. You can immediately say, you know, immediately that's Dalek One Seven. Um, (laughs) And certainly, you know, I've got into this into this sort of numbering system that you use on Dalek Sixty Three Eighty Eight. For anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, you need to go and look at uh, at the website. But the idea being, you're numbering it from the, the sort of shoulder section and the base section and where they've been swapped around. So in effect, what you're saying there on the left is you've got one Dalek that forms the top half and another Dalek that forms the bottom half. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, yeah. It's, and it's just fast. I, I know I remember when I first stumbled across your, your website a few years ago now, and, and I expected it to be, I don't know, something fairly cursory, fairly that I could just sort of skim the surface and all right, OK, that's interesting. And I can still remember just reading the first page of the history of the Dalek props, because, again, for anybody that doesn't know what this website is that we're talking about, you know, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you just have to go and find it, because it's this incredible history of the Dalek props. So I remember reading down this first page thinking, oh, that's all very interesting. And then I got to the bottom, and I'm like, page two of how... I was like, oh, my (laughs) life. I, suddenly from that it just went and I oh I am going to be here for a long time and again because I think as Doctor Who fans I think it's probably fair to say a large proportion of Doctor Who fans are obsessive so I don't know why we are but we are I don't know where that comes from what, what, what somebody needs to write a book on why Doctor Who fans are obsessive but we are They'll dissect us all in the future. Yeah, and, I, and so it, so as soon as I discovered this website of yours, it wasn't a case that I could just dip in and think, oh, that's interesting, I'll come back to that another day. No, 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 once I found it, that was it. And I remember each evening for I don't know how long just going through every single page and reading them all. So I've read every last word on, on your website. You just assume that there's probably a fairly simplistic history to these props. I certainly never anticipated sort of swapping of shoulder sections and head domes and base. I didn't think that was all going it's to be mind blowing. Hmm. I mean, that was I'm really pleased to hear that, and uh, you know that makes me very proud to, to know you've reacted to it like oh. that. People do say very, very similar things. You know that they they they've started off and 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 just got stuck in it. And... Yes. What were your initial ideas was it for a set number of pages and you gave yourself a set period of time to put it together when did it launch how soon after did you start to think oh this could really snowball this could really expand i put it up and it was hosted on um the family business website it was sort of tucked away as a a page and back it was back in the days where you needed those really long domain names and and it was sort of tacked onto the end of the business website address and uh, so it was sort of very sort of tucked away then. And, and there was a page for each each Dalek story at the, at the time. Once it was up, I, 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 I don't know, I, I made sort of minor attempts to sort of push it. There, there, there aren't the ways now that you could do now. There's, obviously, there's Facebook now and Twitter. Yeah. That didn't exist all back then. But it didn't really get much further for a couple of years. And in fact, I got to the point uh, around about 2004 where I, I nearly took it down because I didn't really think that it was making any ground that people were that like, interested in it and then I got an email out of the blue 
from my my current co-writer, which is the point where it really, really took off. It wasn't an overnight success. Not at all. Not at all. No. Did you have a kind of moment, as I say, you know, I've just talked there about the moment that I realised it was a, a, a much bigger website than I at first thought. Did you have a, a similar moment where you kind of thought, wow, this is a much bigger project than I first thought? Or, or was it a case that you only looked back in, in years later and thought, wow, actually, that did take longer than I anticipated. That was more detail expected. Or did you just suddenly have that moment where you thought, wow. It was exactly the point that Gav came along. I realised that what I'd done was very, very basic. Right. It's nowhere near what it is now. It was. It's very. I'd done very minimal research into it. It was literally almost just trying to list how many props were in each story. And, and this is Gavin Rymill. And so, yes. so was it that was it that Gavin came along with extra information, or so? What made you realise that? <laughs> well, he emailed me out of the blue, and he asked um, a number of questions about. Dalek 17, as we now know it, which we didn't mm-hmm. obviously know then. But he asked a number of questions I couldn't answer, and I felt they were too geeky for me to answer. I thought, no, this is this is too much. I don't know the answers to this, and I don't know if I want to know the answers to this. <laughs> uh, so I tried to um, bat him away and say, no, you have to go somewhere else to find this information because I don't know it. It was it was something along the lines of the amount of slats that were around the shoulders. Why were there fewer slats? on the shoulders than other Daleks. But he would but he wouldn't say he wouldn't say no I wouldn't accept no for an answer. <laughs> so uh, so we got together and we said, okay, we'll we'll work out why. That was the point where we, we did realise where this was going to take a long time and take the props one by one and work them all through through their history. How soon after that point was it that people began to, to really notice and, and for the uh, the fan base to uh, decide that it was a place that they should, we should all bookmark. Well, it took us a couple of years. We would um, message each other on uh, Microsoft Messenger, I think it was back then, and just email each other pictures and things. And it, t- it took a couple of years to get to the point where we, where we put the site up, and it was basically relaunched into uh, something that was far more comprehensive than it ever was. Was there a moment where you just thought, "No, I'm just going to just stop this. It's silly." Or were you really into it and so really wanted to see through to its uh, its conclusion? There, yeah, there are, there are always times, even times like that now, <laughs> where you think, this is this is too much, we, we need to stop. But the trouble is, it's, it's got like a giant jigsaw. It, it, it never finishes, that's the, the trouble. We always dig up something new. There's always something new to find out, something new to dig up, new something new to add into the history of one of the props. And... Um, and so it just keeps got keeps on going. To sort of stop now and say, right, that's it. I'm just stopping now. I'm not doing. I'm not looking for any more Dalek <laughs> at all. Or, or are you still just picking away at that? Every right. single well, day I, I do. Something. I would imagine, John, that just as Gav responded in the way that he did and got in touch, there were probably an army of Gavs out there willing to come forward with not just similar questions, but maybe with alternative bits of information that that may not have corresponded with what you thought you knew initially. And you think, well, this doesn't fit, this doesn't work. But in time, it opens a door on an entire new chapter to the story of one or more of the props. And then, and then there's the people who worked on the show. I would imagine you've heard from plenty of them too. Or, you've, or have you reached out to them too for their, for their input or for them to correct information, things that you thought you knew that you'd got nailed down. It's been a collaborative thing, hasn't it? 
It has. It's um, very much so. We've had lots and lots of people help us out over the years, and uh, particularly on that that early version of the, of our revamped site, there were there were still errors on it, and there was a chap called Simon Ayers who was on the Project Dalek forum who did a lot of work into the original four props, and he'd worked out something that we'd made a mistake on, um, so we incorporated his work into it, and all of a sudden that opened up a another avenue to go down and we relaunched again uh, mm -hmm. several years later after but yes there are we've had lots of help from all sorts of people why as doc two fans are we so weird? why does it matter which of those props were from the original ones why does it matter whether whether a shoulder section has been swapped onto a different i don't i don't know why it matters i don't know why it's so important i don't know why i am interested in that kind of stuff and i think i am as i say fairly representative of a lot of doc two fans who really genuinely are interested in that stuff it's not that I am interested in it because you've presented me with the facts and I've suddenly thought, oh, that's interesting. No, on the, uh, it's actually the fact that because you presented me with the facts, I've suddenly realised, wow, yeah, of course I'm interested. I want to know more about that. Um, and and the more, again, that, that we as, as users of the website sort of dip into it, uh, the more we want to dig a little bit deeper and find out because it's... <laughs> It is odd. I, I certainly, you know, you say you're looking at, at, at all this stuff every day, and I certainly never get to the point where I think, okay, right, I've heard enough Doctor uh, Dark facts. Really, I don't <laughs> need to know anymore because uh, I was recently watching the uh, your most recent uh, video, which is the the one about the chase and the, and the crossover of the movie Daleks into the chase. And as I say, you just when you kind of think you either know everything there is to know about Daleks or everything that you need to know about Daleks. It's it's just it's not true. I, I watched that and I, I, again. It was just fascinating to find out and 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 um, and the fact that you can identify Daleks just by the tiniest little mark that might be above you know one yeah. blue ball or one some tape one residue living. on that slat. That means that the piece of gaffer tape that yeah. we saw in another picture was attached to that darling. Whoa. Yeah. There's a rivet that's just off center here. So that allows us to identify. It's just, it's just mind blowingly fascinating. Mm. And as I say, you would think, well, come on, really, is that important? Is it interesting? And, and, and but to Doctor Who fans, it, I think it genuinely is to most Doctor Who fans. We, well, we like going to, to, to the exhibitions and seeing yeah. the props. You know, the, these things are very important to the fans. Yeah, you know, when they see when they see the real props in front of them, it's sort of, you know, because I, I, I've done it, I've I've seen, I've had one of the Daleks, the original Daleks, in front of me, and you, and you sort of don't know whether you should touch it or not. They take on this slightly um, different aura. Yeah, that's it. and 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 I think that's why it works because it it taps into that that sort of mindset of of thinking these things are very important all the stuff that you've put out there it's, it's seeped in I've, I've, I've clocked all this stuff and you do have to kind of think on the one hand we love Doctor Who because as Dan you were saying we want to we want to understand the the, the, the fiction of it and we like to get tied up in in the, um, the, the reality of the fiction what is canon etc um, and yet on the other hand we just love that 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 television process as well of the actual production of making it that we want to understand why is it that that collar section is creased oh well it's because it got put on the on the dalek it's slightly incorrectly and it's now forever creased and but that allows you then to identify it it is literally it's it's a matrix isn't it it just opens up so many different directions 
That's um, right. It, 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 it just is another piece in the puzzle. And mm. when, when that piece slots in and it opens up a, another little element, another, you can, another area, you get all excited again uh, about being able to fill in other little gaps. It's it is bizarre though, isn't it? Because you know other people would look at us and think, "What? Well, you know, what on earth does well, it really matter?" I, uh, I've had this for decades. I would imagine that the both of you have too. Where people, you know, they hear you're into Doctor Who, yeah, and you start talking about it for for a few minutes, and they go, "You," and they look, they see the uh, the fascination on your face and and the sort of childhood wonder that's still in yeah. in your eyes when you talk about it. And yeah. now and again, people touch your forearm and say, "You know, this isn't real, don't you?" <laughs> And what they don't really realise is, and, and I always say this is, of course I know it's not real. And that's another reason why it's so fascinating. It's how it came to be made, all these practicalities. Yeah. One thing I will not tolerate is when people say it's only a TV programme. No, it's really not. To us, it's not only a TV programme. That that just couldn't be further from the truth. That's why we, we feel so passionately about it, why we're interested in knowing about how many rivets there are. Yeah, and everyone's got a passion. There'll, there'll be people yeah. who are out there who, like me, are into, into football in Liverpool. I'm very into Liverpool Football Club. And there'll be people out there who who will know every result for the last... Yeah, sixty or seventy years or whatever, and every player that's played, and that's great. I think that's brilliant that they can do that. And it's having that interest in something to that degree, whatever it is, I think is uh, is amazing, really. And this, yeah. this Dalek thing just happens to be my little thing. Why Daleks? Why not Tardises, for example? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I still get it with that as well. You, you, we've seen the little <laughs> videos that we've done on the TARDIS yeah, as well. Um, there, there are just certain elements of the program uh, where the design just seems to take on a life of its own. There is a magic about them, isn't there? Right the way from their first appearance to, to the last. Yeah. And you could say, oh, sometimes they look shoddier than others. And you can say what you like about colour schemes and various other things. But the silhouette of the Dalek remains, the, the yeah. aura of the Dalek remains. And that's... That's why it works, yeah. I, th I think it is, uh, uh, we, we can all become sort of complacent to Daleks because they are so familiar, not only to our psyche, but to the psyche of the entire British public, probably, and, and, and also to a lot, a lot of the world public. Um, and I think there is, a, you can actually take it for granted, we can become complacent to Daleks, but when you, you, when you boil it down, they are really an incredibly iconic design that, as I say, we actually sometimes forget because we're now so familiar with them. Ray Cusick was an absolute genius to come up with them. You know, I often think, why is it that they've endured in the way that other things, not just in Doctor Who, but in anything, haven't endured? Um, and it's the same as, for example, the, the, you know, the classic Coca-Cola bottle. It just is. It's lightning in a bottle, isn't it? It's just an incredibly iconic design. That's right. It, it, it just seems to work. And I, and I think um, if you took any other science fiction sort of element out of a program from the 60s say something out of star trek from the original series and put it on the screen in a current star trek series people would laugh at it a little bit yeah. and, and say that doesn't look right yeah but, but the dalek does still look right it still works and it still fascinates kids now they, they still get excited by by them it just shouldn't work. It's just <laughs> no. a bizarre design. You know, the balls at the bottom, the, you know, the, the, the slats at the top. It's just an odd, the two, you know, as, as has often been made fun of, the sink plunger and the, and the egg whisk. It, it, it shouldn't work. And yet, so why is it that it does work? 
I remember being fascinated as a child. It was something that didn't really occur to me until I was an adult. But, but, and this is going to sound just the most geeky thing probably I've ever said in my life. But I remember being just loving the way the light falls on the panels of the skirt. And as Dalek will move in the studio, the light will just shift on those panels and change subtly. And there's something to me just enormously pleasing about just the way the light falls on those slats is something very elegant about that. It, Ray Cusick was just a genius to, come to, to, to understand that they would work so well in a studio. Yeah, it, it, I, I've got a very sim similar experience to that. Actually, There's, there's a picture um, from Genesis of the Daleks I always used to look at when I was very, very young. It, I, it was in uh, a book. I can't remember which book it was now. Probably one of the, the Target make, uh, making of books, possibly something like that. And, and, and I just used to stare at this picture. Mm. And, it, and, and it was all because of the skirt section. I was, I was yeah. very similar, fascinated by, by that. How it looked, it was uh, bizarre. But there's also this n very non-human aspect to it. Particularly in the early days, people didn't realise how they worked, which I think um, helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very obvious now. Obviously, we know now. But um, but early on, it's, people it's didn't obvious, realize. but it, it seemed unlikely as well that, that an adult would would do that. I still can't quite visualise uh, Cy Town or John Scott Martin in their you know peddling their feet away. To me. That the, the design transcends that, and so whereas you 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 look at I don't know a glove puppet and it's obvious that there's a hand inside, it still isn't hugely obvious how these things mm -hmm. move. They still have a degree of mystery. I think. Yeah, I, th I think having the, the dome rotating independently of the movement yeah. helps because it it it, it falls you into thinking there well there can't possibly be somebody inside moving a stick separately. A lot of the focus goes on on the voice, obviously. Big Finish makes several Dalek stories a year where we, we can't see them. All we have is the voice. And the voice does work independently. But so do the visuals too. A silent Dalek, I feel, is just as scary, probably yeah. even more even scarier, Simon, yeah. than a noisy, erratic one. <laughs> yeah. And again, it just feeds into the psyche. It's certainly of, of me as a child. You know, I just remember being, you know, terrified by the Daleks. And again, you go back to some of the original Ray Cusick designs before he... he, he finalized that one and you look at them and, and and to me it's obvious that that they would not have been the success they are if they'd gone for one of those earlier designs you look at something and they just look so cod sci-fi it just wouldn't have worked they, they would have looked exactly like something from star trek for example to use your yeah. yes. comment there john and so yeah. it wouldn't have worked and so finally somehow something just just clicked you look at those the, the early conceptual sketches with with the sort of they've got weird sort of diamond shaped uh, skirt sections, the really strange stuff, and they're equally interesting, but they just wouldn't have worked in the same they way. They seem um, like hangovers from the fifties somehow, like they're yeah. influenced by something Thank somewhere. Hmm. Whereas these look completely timeless. I mean, you, you, I don't think for one second, and maybe that's the enduring success of the Daleks, is they don't look like they're from the sixties. They don't look dated. I don't. No. Think. No, I think that that's why it works. Is is when when the sh the show came back in two thousand and five, and the Dalek they used was essentially the same as it was in the classic series. It still looked right. It just mm -hmm. it didn't look like it should be from a sixties show. It looked like something that could have been designed specifically for the two thousands. A fortnight ago, yeah, it was a very yeah. clear moment. Yeah, that Ray Q six design had been. Uh, 
was lightning in the bottle that it would be almost impossible to uh, replicate to try and come up with something better seems like a heresy that there was life in these creatures yet they still had the power to chill by exactly the same measure whether they're silent or screeching or whatever else that does lead me on to my next question really john because it it's all very well documenting something that was finite you know you said it was the corners to it would open up at least you knew there was a sort of a full story you had that parameter between 63 and 88 that there may always be other depth to it but but the range was it was it was limited you know what you were looking at but then they went and brought the show back (laughs) did that initially frustrate or excite you and how has that changed the project in the time in between shoulders dropped a bit and we thought oh no we're gonna have to so. we're gonna have to do this again um once we sort of got over that and we decided we were gonna do it um we we realized well we're, we're at a good point if we're gonna do this again we're at the start there's there's so much more available to us right now particularly just talking about the quality of the images that we would have that it should be more straightforward to do it now the document as we, as you're going along as, rather as than trying to do it along. after the fact yes it, so it, it should be easier that hasn't always been the case the props are made so well now yeah and there's so many more of them that it's very very hard to keep track of them and then they get put out to exhibitions and repainted and years ago that didn't although they did get repainted the refurbishments to it weren't always perfect and so you were able to keep on top of it but now it's it's done in such a uh, a much better way for obviously for high definition and ultra high definition and mm-hmm. stuff like that that it's very hard to keep on keep track of them now there are there are ways of still telling them apart and, and i've got big charts on the, on my pc at work <laughs> which literally are charts of the same props through all the different episodes with things pointed out on them so we don't forget what what bits to look for but even then there are still things that crop up that throw you that um outside the new exhibition the worlds of wonder there's a prop outside outside the exhibition and i just can't work out what it is <laughs> it's it's this two or three weeks i've been working on it and i cannot get it and it's driving me loopy at the moment but i but i know that it will come eventually i will get so it eventually. is it a case that you don't even know whether it's a, a screen used prop or whether it's a it's a home build or or what it is yeah it, 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 yeah the, the um the id tag under its eye is something i've never seen before uh, and the position, position of the slats, all that sort of thing, doesn't match any of the ones that I know about. Well, seeing as you you have this uh, notoriety, shall we say, within Doctor Who fandom, most people have seen the site, know what it is, have heard of it, admired it. Even if they're not total sort of Dalek obsessives, it's acknowledged. You must have uh, people who are sensitive to the information that you are probably going to need for the site either working on the show or people like Andrew Pixley, people who are long established researchers who have contacts. Are you able to harvest information from them? Yeah, to a certain degree. Richard Bignall has been uh, one of our biggest supporters in the last few years. Richard con- contributes so much to the, to the Doctor Who world and he's been great with us. Anything we've asked for, he, he's, he's let us see and use and, and he's been brilliant. Uh, there's other people that work on the show as well that we've been in contact with do you think that um the website is only really possible now in the digital age in the google age do you think it would have been a lot harder to do something like this 
back in the day, you know, when we were talking earlier about just surfing the net, is it something that really relies now on the enormous wealth of information that's out there? Has that helped you? Has that made a difference to the research? Definitely, definitely. It's so much easier to get in contact with people these days. It has, it has opened up lots of different avenues for you to be able to, to, to work on it. But you, you still get the, the brick walls from time to time. Chris Chibnall, I have to admit, love him or hate him, the one thing he's managed to do is is cut down on spoilers, yeah. but to the degree that's made things almost impossible to find out anything from behind the scenes. <laughs> and so, the, so, and so, his episodes particularly have been really, really hard to do. Possibly, it's also because it, I don't know, but I, the, the the show isn't as as well documented these days as maybe it was during the during those uh, you know early two thousand five, six, seven, eight, nine years when when there was Doctor Who Confidential and there was a lot going on in the magazine. There, there seemed a huge explosion of information then, and 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 maybe the the, the furore and the excitement around Doctor Who generally has just diminished. Has that made a difference as well? You can't even find out who the designers of certain things are. Okay, um, that's what's really holding up the very latest page, which is the will be the Eve of the, the Daleks page, isn't on the site yet because although I know which props were in it, I've worked out which props were in it. There isn't the extra information of who designed the the new gun, that sort of thing, uh, yeah. filming filming dates, all this sort of stuff that you you normally sort of take for granted. It's going to be fairly easy to find. Is is very very hard to find now and and do you find that your heart as it were is still in it you know do you love the the the, the, the current show as much as the as a classic to the extent that, yeah you still want to just keep running on this or are there points where you where you kind of think oh you know this is not working for me anymore and i'm not interested in it anymore has there been any periods of that you know in since 2005 where you kind of just crisis said, of faith <laughs> yeah definitely uh the new series doesn't obviously have the nostalgia the original series yeah made. and i think that taps in going back in taps back into the props thing we were talking about earlier about um, mm -hmm. original props and things is mm -hmm. that these things take on a life of their own the new series props will get that eventually and probably in 10 years time we'll be looking back at say the very original bronze dalek as in the same terms as the one of the very four, four, first four shawcraft daleks yeah as a design classic, as a as a relic, and, and the truth of it is, there are there are people out there who are almost undoubtedly doing that now. Because if they were looking at that back in two thousand five, when they were I don't know six or seven, and then now kind of twenty, uh, early twenties, and they're probably they're almost certainly looking back on that with the kind of nostalgia that we would have looked back on whatever it was, Planet of well, the Daleks, Death to the Daleks, and yeah. about uh, how television, how, how the show's made now, the, the nature of how this show is put together in the 21st century is the same with all TV shows. It, everything is a lot slicker, a lot more organised, and more, I suppose, for want of a better term, more corporate. Whereas when you think about the Shawcraft, you used to mention Saitan, John Scott Martin, all these people, there's a kind of Wilf Lunn angle to all of that and a romance to it all as if these guys you know because they literally were in the case of shawcraft they were working out of a building that was a massive shed and it's, it just seems like it's part of a very particular time and a very particular british eccentric that put those things together mm. using various implements whatever they could do to to bash yeah. these things together yeah whereas now obviously there's entire design departments production design departments it's all all a lot slicker it's all a lot more conscious of what it is and part of an international 
landscape, I suppose, of of networks and production companies that all make content that is just as involved. It's in a whole industry, I suppose. It's a branding kind of thing in that, you know, we talked, yeah. uh, I mentioned the sink plunger and the egg whisk earlier on. I mean, you know, that's something that if they were to be designing the Daleks now from scratch, if, if, if the original designer, had never, they would never in a million years put a sink plunger on there. But for better or worse, things are just designed differently now. On the one hand, of course, Ray Cusick, again, coming back to Ray, um, came up with the, the perfect thing from the point of view of a toy. He wasn't thinking remotely from a toy angle in those days. But it, but the Dalek is the kind of thing that you might design today from scratch because they would be thinking from a different mentality of, OK, what's going to make a good action figure that we can yeah. sell at Christmas, which they weren't doing back then. But that, for me, is what makes those classic Daleks so interesting. The props on, on the website, you talk about these minutiae of details of there's a cracked gun box or or there's a chipped uh, slat on the side that's what i find so fascinating because you wouldn't find that almost certainly on the modern series because they are going to do the remedial work that's required to get them back to scratch whereas in those days and, and i've just been recently watching destiny the daleks on the season 17 blu-ray box set and it's you know i didn't notice it as a kid but Boy, those Daleks, they are shoddy. But that's part of the charm and the interest to me. Yeah, looking at those things, pointing them out and seeing them uh, and how they got into that state is the interesting thing. Um, yes. Whereas, as you say, you don't tend to get that in the new series. There, There is the odd occasional little thing with the new series that's bizarre. Um, that there's the odd occasional with a slat upside down on the new series. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, which has helped us to identify things. But that's rare. Yeah. Very, very rare. Do you ever come across a fact, John, that you wish you didn't know that does break a spell for you about either the fiction or the fact? Um, no, I don't think so. Have you ever sort of got to the point where you're watching back old episodes now and thinking, I really wish that that <laughs> I hadn't seen that crack in the side of that gun box? Because now every time I watch it, I can't stop watching the crack in the side of the gun box. No, uh, no I don't think I'm always able to sort of look past that. Um, when I'm watching them anyway, that, that doesn't—I <laughs> don't tend to focus in on that unless I need to do it for a specific research. I just sit back and watch it, and and um, and it doesn't tend to affect me in that way. You've got but, to disconnect. Yes, I, I can. I can disconnect from it. And you um, can even disconnect to the point where you you're able to watch the episodes without deliberately looking for little <laughs> marks or little. That, that's harder. Yeah, I can disconnect, <laughs> but 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 yeah, there are times when I still find myself falling back into looking. It's always wise, gentlemen, when, when surfing the net to take a break just to rest your eyes now and again, we are told, and we're going to do just that right now. Don't you go anywhere, though, or you'll miss all of this wonderful information, another deluge of data on all the other conversations happening across the Fandom Podcast Network on all the other shows. So listen to all of this, then meet us back here for more of our Mission to the Unknown here John. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. We'd like to continue to feed your ears by inviting you to listen to these other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. It starts with our flagship show, Culture Clash, discussing the latest in entertainment pop culture. Blood of Kings, Immortals Take Notice, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theaters, where we celebrate our favorite movies. Time Warp, the Fandom Flashback Podcast, discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, 
and TV pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Union Federation, our Star Trek and Orville show. Hair Metal, the 80s and early 90s rock metal podcast. Type 40, our show covering the time-traveling Doctor Who universe with host Dan Hadley. Lethal Mullet, an 80s and 90s action film podcast with host Adam P. O'Brien. Also check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast with hosts Scott, Derek, and Nathan. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast. A deep dive into the final frontier with hosts Mark Newbold and Adam P. O'Brien. And check out our newest shows. The Fandom Show, our monthly fandom podcast network live YouTube exclusive show about the month's hottest topics in fandom. And the FPN True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the related Marvel television and streaming MCU universe, including the connections to the original Marvel comics. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on several platforms. Please subscribe to the Fandom Podcast Network YouTube channel to receive notifications of new podcast episodes and live events. You can enjoy all of the Fandom Podcast Network audio podcasts on our master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. The Fandom Podcast Network is on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and iTunes. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can also find the Fandom Podcast Network on Instagram at Fandom Podcast Network and on Twitter at FanPod Network. Thank you for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. Yes, we've teased and tantalised you there, and we can even clothe you too. There's merch to match all of those shows, including Type 40. If you head over to tpublic.com, search for the Fandom Podcast Network, and there you'll find a store full of all the team colours for all of the podcasts on everything from T-shirts to phone cases to tapestries and heaven knows what else. Treat yourself, treat your other selves, and it all goes to support the Fandom Podcast Network into the bargain, so everybody wins. Simon and I are still unexterminated and chatting with John here from Dalek 6388 here on Type 40, marking 20 years of this incredible website. You must be uh, just as meticulous with other aspects of your life and other interests as you are with Daleks. Are you? Are you? What else is there? In your life, Are there any any other obsessions that you can confide to us? Not nowhere near to the extent that I am with the Daleks, but um, I am quite known for being quite fastidious uh, about things. I play darts quite a lot. I helped to set up a league, a, a local league in this area, and I was the secretary of the league for some time, and I, and was always quite known for being quite fastidious about how I uh, how I ran it, but. Um, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. <laughs> you know? Have you got any other websites concerning darts or any other interest that you've got, or even Doctor Who sites that you go to that are in your bookmarks that you admire and you think, oh, I could use that idea and sort of bring it into Dalek 6388? I think we sort of, sort of generally pick up things from everywhere, really. You just you sort of absorb stuff. Yeah. Um, As the net evolves. Yeah. How you, how you should do things better. The, the videos came along just for seeing other people do videos and think we should jump onto that and do that as well the, yeah i mean the videos are just superb and for anybody that hasn't uh, you know is diving into sort of dalek 6388 for the first time i would say one of the best places to start is with the videos they are you know just fascinating to watch 
uh, again because of the depth of detail, because of the minutiae that's in there. But they are just—they're just also—they're they're very well-made videos. Uh, they feel very professional, very well-rounded. They should be on uh, the Blu-ray box sets by now. I, uh, Easily uh, broadcast standard, aren't they? These documentaries—they're they're really well done, and they're just generally about half an hour of just really interesting, geeky stuff. Uh, but although they always take me longer than half an hour to watch, because I'm forever pulled <laughs> going back. I do that. Yeah. Going back over them to because because there's so many, literally it is it, you know it's, it's mind melting the amount of information again that's in there and it goes through at a, a good old pace. There's so is there a, is there a video that you're particularly sort of proud of? Uh, yeah, I, I think the one that I'm most proud of is is funny enough is not so much connected to the Daleks one. It's it's the stuff about Shepperton. Yeah, how, how they use the locations at Shepperton. Mm-hmm. Um, that that took a lot of work. This is for the two um, Dalek movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were looking at skylines, trees, trees rooftops. <laughs> yeah. It was extraordinary. This entire web series is extraordinary. Terry Nation's Army. You launched it in, to, in 2019, didn't you, with a, a weekly a whole series, didn't you? And, you? and you go you go back to it now and again and add extra chapters, don't you? It was, it was Gav's idea to, to do it. He, he'd actually been working on it in the background for a little while oh. before he actually told me. He he was making a video. I think I think it was the Shepherdton. One he was putting it together from the web page that I'd written up, and he'd been working on it for a little while uh, before he told me. And then he said, "I got this great idea. I think we should do the channel and uh, have our improve the channel." We'd we'd always had a channel on YouTube, and it had very basic videos on there that I knocked up. So much of our work is visual. Mm, yes, that even now just going back to what we're talking about how the internet has changed people don't like reading so much now sitting down and reading a website is actually becoming getting quite hard to do now yeah i've noticed there are a lot more what we call infographics information to life don't they yeah so it, it seemed the natural way forward to to almost remake the website as videos and people yeah. can consume them in a different way uh, and it's really working. Gav, Gav works so hard on them. In his, um, it shows. It's the the way his, his brain works visually. He's he's very good at putting things together visually and, and making them look great. It's it's really gone down really really well. I'm really pleased about it. They they are fascinating videos. And one thing one of the things I love about them is you can never tell until you actually start watching the video you can't <laughs> tell what it's going to be about i mean because the recent one as i was talking about earlier on, on the chase that's that, that just talks of the title is all about movie you know movie daleks the failure of movie daleks i'm like okay what what is it going to be about i have no idea um and so again it's just this kind of this rabbit hole idea that you dip into it and suddenly you've got this whole new thing that i've never looked at the chase for example in in that much mm. detail before to realize what was going on it and and that thing adds to your interest in in those stories it, 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 to me it enhances them there's necessarily a little bit of clickbaitiness to them you know you have to make them stand out so so yeah you you have to do that but it also does we also try and do it in such a way that people will think well what's that what is that to do yes. with the story yes. we're going to tell they, so they do work you know, you say that, that that people don't do a lot of reading on the net now, now as much as video watching but also 
as well as that, there is also this kind of key that you only do any video on online now for about two or three minutes because people will have turned off from watching it. Well, yours is about half an hour, and at no point do you ever. <laughs> you never check my phone. You never. I never check how long I've been watching. How long oh, there is to go? Not in the slightest. And I don't. I, I you know I defy anybody to because the the, the information that is presented is firstly so interesting, and secondly, it's just presented quite quickly. You, you, there is no chance to get bored. No, no, on the contrary, it moves, it has a narrative, it goes from point A to point B via all these different other points, and so it holds the attention. I just hope you keep making them for a long time, because again, it's the geek in you, it's this. It's scratching this itch. As, as, as I was saying earlier, does it really matter whether there was a rivet just off-centre? Well, yeah, it does, and it's, and, it's, and it's fascinating stuff, and I think it just appeals to the geek inside Doctor Who fans. Please keep making them. We certainly do intend to. We certainly do intend. That, that's the long-term plan is, is to keep on doing it and because and, we're really enjoying doing it. It's, it. it is tough work and we'd like to get them out more up regularly than we do, but obviously real-life things get in the way and uh, Gav's so in demand for, yeah. uh, uh, for his work um, as well that um, he very often has to take long breaks to do work. Ever get to the point where you think you might actually have run out of, of material, run out of ideas, come to a dead end where you sort of feel like scraping the bottom of the barrel? Uh, well, funny enough, I did say that to him the other day. I did say, because uh, we were talking about how long this could go on for, and I said, that surely there's going to put come a point where we can't say anything else. And um, We know everything. It's all out there. Yeah, but there will be updates to do. There's there's certain videos we've done, like the Shepperton videos, um, yeah. where there are extra things we found out since those videos have gone up, so we can do newer versions of those. Redo Return them. to Shepperton. Yeah, go back there and redo it again. Um, so I don't, th and then of course the new series. We will tackle the new series stuff at some point on there. Um, so we have all that to cover yet. So I think there's 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 quite a lot of material still to come. You mentioned the Andrew Pixley um, articles previously. His research is obviously second to none. And yet even he still keeps on finding new information or realising he's got it wrong or, or whatever. Doctor Who has just got that to it, hasn't it? And part yeah. of that is because uh, it just wasn't very well documented in the classic years. Well, certainly before JNT took over as producer, it just wasn't particularly well documented. It's uh, just, just finding a little memo um Richard Bignall has passed us memos in the past and just finding one little tiny little scrap of information out sort of opens up a whole new world to you uh, which happened with with that very latest video the chase video a letter we saw about the film company yeah. um borrowing the chase props back or the the movie props back from the TV shows yeah. which we hadn't realized about before just so they could appear at this fun fair the Battersea fun fair uh, which we hadn't realized before we knew they were there, but we didn't realise why they were there. Well, what I find fascinating is the depth of information you get in there, because the, because just the photographic research in it alone is is incredible. You've got a photograph of the programme from the Battersea show and all this kind of stuff, and photos of Daleks in uh, in Cannes, which I've never seen. I've never seen before. How do you go about finding? You you, you do seem to be unearthing little gems that have never been seen before i wonder if it was like yeah. the uh the baseball pitch in field of dreams build it and they will come they do we as, as i said earlier we do get a lot of help from other people uh lots of people pass us images which they're happy for us to use um we can, you can get images that, that they don't want us to use but they're happy for us to see on yeah. for research purposes but yeah i mean i, I trawl the newspaper archives virtually daily i'm, I'm a member of 
must be into 30 or 40, 50 local um, Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know a Dalek's appeared somewhere, I'll try and join the local Facebook group and ask about it. And 99 times out of 100, they're very willing for me to do to do that. Um, I've had the old one, which won't let me in, and they're not interested. But but yeah, but then you get all sorts of photos from that, which has been brilliant. And funny enough, just in the last week, we've received some cine footage from the sixties. Oh wow! Um, a sixties event, which includes an original Dalek prop, which will feature in an upcoming video. Brilliant. Um, and so, was this an event that you knew had taken place, and you'd always wanted to see the footage from it? Or was it something that you had no idea had even happened at all? No idea. No idea. So it, it was a complete shock to see it. When the chap emailed us, he, he said, I've got some, some uh, cine footage. We expected it to be sort of 10, 15 seconds of something, because that's how it sort of worked in the 60s. You grab a quick... Absolutely. And that was it, but it isn't. It's, it's actually a couple of minutes worth, and it's... Uh, wow. It's very, very... Uh, it's, it's great fun to see it, and, and Gav's working on a video for it. As, as we speak. Is there kind of a, a sort of fact that you can think of that is almost your sort of favourite facts that you managed to found, find out that, that either was just particularly interesting or that opened up a whole new avenue for you that had been unlocked before? Is there one sort of thing that you'd point out and say, wow, that really was quite keen if for whatever reason? Well, one of the favourite things I think we found out, which did change things to quite a degree, was was working out that the Curse of the Daleks props from the, the 60s stage play Yes. What happened to them? Because for, for years it was rumoured that the BBC had bought them and they were used in the show or they'd just been scrapped. But at some point, I might, I might be doing Gavita Server here, but I think it was me, I discovered something on, on one of the props which proved that it had been used in the, in the second Doctor Who movie. And at that point, that unlocked several different routes we could go down. We knew that the props had appeared in the movie. We knew they'd gone back. And then we knew what props Terry Nation had acquired himself and why he'd got them. Because he owned four props. Yes. Uh, which he lo- which he loaned out. And, and it was n- never really understood how he'd got them. Once we'd unlocked this fact, we could go forward and backwards through time and work out that he'd actually obtained the curse of the Daleks props. That was a, a huge moment for for us. Another piece to the puzzle. When you receive new information or, or find new things out, or if you just think again, come with the information in a slightly different way, do you decide on a set period of time in, in each calendar year where you say, okay, we're going to take the website down and we're going to update it all in one? Or do you add little bits of information here and there that the average visitor won't have noticed? Or do you, do you schedule major updates to blow people away with all this wealth of new information that you discovered? There's a little bit of both. Most of it is added sort of ad hoc. Um, there are things that we hold back and don't add on to the site until we've made a video on them because we prefer that the video goes out first before we blow some of the information on the site. Because it's, it's got that wow factor, hasn't it, being yeah. presented in that video form. But little bits and pieces I add to the site quite regularly. There's going to be a video coming up about the, the two Bernardos Daleks, the history of those two props, and I've managed to find quite a few new appearances that nobody really knew about before, and I haven't added those to the site yet because they're all going to be covered in the video first. And it is fascinating just to think what happened to those props, what, where they went. That in itself 
is a fascinating story. I think to an extent it's those things that we, we've talked about through the years that we always kind of, Doctor Who fans sort of vaguely knew that, yeah, we think at some point some of the props were given to Bernardo's or uh, were won in competitions and all this kind of stuff. And it is, it's filling in the gaps, isn't it? And that's what I personally find fascinating. It is just filling in the gaps and knowing what happens. It is, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's another little avenue you sort of um, you have to go down. It's, it's part of the history of all all four mm. all four of the original props. So, so we do cover it throughout the sixties, all their sort of appearances and, and how they how they physically changed themselves, how they were repainted, and what have you. And 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 it's, it's quite quite a sad story how it ends up in the end. I don't want to give it away too much. Have you sort of been contacted by anybody that worked on the show? Certainly the classic years, I'm thinking, uh, either designers or, or, or operators or whatever that are kind of addicted, have discovered uh, the website and, and have been interested or fascinated or asked questions at all? Yeah, Mike Tucker has, has been a good friend to us over, over the last few years. And I've met him two or three times since he's been in contact. And, and, and he's, he's let us see stuff pictures from the BBC stores yeah. and what have you mm. he's let us see and what have you which we can't often use but they do help us to fill in it help, yeah it helps us to fill yeah, in the gaps yeah do you know if Ray Cusick ever was was aware of the sort of the obsession over over the <laughs> design in effect not that I'm aware of I hadn't ever heard that he's ever was aware of it would love to have met him because because it is you know the website is a labor of love from the work that you and Gavin have done on it Ray was definitely alive while you were working on this website in the way that Terry yeah. wasn't. So I really hope that Ray was aware and sort of the love out there for his uh, for his design. Whether he would have liked us calling the video series Terranation Army or not, I don't I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, it would it would be nice to to know that uh, that he'd he'd seen it. Do you yourself have a, have a favourite era of of Dalek television or or even a favourite story that you point out and say that? where my love of Dalek comes from? Yeah, Genesis of the Daleks is, is the, the story that um, really, really got me into Daleks. That was the, the one point. Although I've got better memories of Destiny of the Daleks. I was a little bit older then. Yeah. So my, my memories are, could probably come from that, really. But it's really Genesis of the Daleks is, is this, my favourite. Ironically, Genesis of the Daleks is probably the one Dalek story that features the Daleks the least, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's the atmosphere of the story. I think um, it, it just it just nails it perfectly. I think yeah. um, it's it's the second uh, second go he had at launching the Daleks, really, Terry Nation, and yes. I think that it works better uh, with the second time than it does even the very first Dalek story. Yeah. Have you got a favourite Dalek prop, or even half a prop, that you think, oh, I'm really fond of Dalek SK-4-5? <laughs> well, I suppose... Yeah, well, every time it turns up in a photo, you think, oh... <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that would have to... It would probably have to be Dalek 1-7. And I literally, just again this oh, week, found... A I was new joking, newspaper. everybody, I was joking. <laughs> no. I found a new cutting of uh, Dalek 1-7 appearing in a parade that just this week not not on the newspaper cutting i found this week yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. and and I, and you get that little oh a new picture and when was that from okay that's because you're going to keep it's from the 1980s i think it's okay. 90 i need to dig it out again but i think it was 1980 quite exciting because it comes from a period where that prop wasn't particularly used because it was in such a bad state it wasn't right. used in death it wasn't used in destiny of the daleks 
and it didn't appear again until the Five Doctor. So there was these few years where it sort of needed refurbishment. So it's it's quite a rare rare picture to see it out. And so, do you do you have a favourite da- Dalek design? Which you talked right at the very top about Dalek livery. About which Dalek do you go for if you're going to have a a, a full size Dalek? Do you have a favourite Dalek livery? Yeah, again, that's the genesis of the Dalek yes. style. Yeah, I think that's just perfect. They, the gunmetal grey. Yeah, that mili- that military look to it, I think, suits it perfectly. I know a lot of people like the, the silver of the '60s, but that almost reminds me too much of the '60s. And uh, <laughs> I think um, having the gunmetal grey, it, it just looks a bit more menacing. I think. Yeah, oh, it, oh, it does. Un- undoubtedly, they they look like they mean business. That tank-like look to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it a bit meaner. Do you have a least favourite? Is there a least favourite Dalek? I certainly have my least favourite Dalek design. Yeah, I, I didn't like the new Paradigm Daleks Yeah, that's all. Spot on. I, I, that's absolutely me. They didn't work for you. They've not got many fans. I, I, I stand up. I defend them now and again if I'm feeling so inclined. <laughs> I, I think they wouldn't need too much tweaking i don't think i, I don't think the colors are right it's the silhouette yeah. for me that doesn't work yeah the, yeah the shape doesn't quite work but they, they there are things they could have done to it to improve it and they did improve it when they came back in asylum with the daleks they did improve it um although it wasn't actually seen very much but the colors i think if they've made them more muted darker colors maybe the gunmetal colors again i think they would have looked more meaning uh, more menacing again yeah but I think that I think the size of them, coupled with the bright colours, just didn't quite work. That's undoubtedly the most divisive Dalek design oh, yeah. of all time. Every time we mention them, wherever we mention them, whether it's on a podcast or a video, it's we was going to flurry of people who can't wait to tell you how much they hate them. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah we, we get it. We get people um, whenever we put up a post up about the new series that some at some point. The, uh, the the new paradigm Daleks will get brought into but it. People don't hate the hate your work; they absolutely love it, John. Is there anything you'd like to take this opportunity to tease people about that, that's coming up from you guys, either on the site in video form or other things that are, that are coming? Yeah, main, mainly it will be videos that's coming soon. I would love to be able to finish off the Eve of the Daleks page. That will come down to what information I can discover. But yeah, we've got the, the a video about the Bernardos props coming up. I should point out that we've had a lot of help from Reese Williams and, and Stephen Breden on, on that video. They've been brilliant. Gav's got several videos in the pipeline. There's the one I mentioned with the cine footage. Uh, there's And he's got, he's got five or six videos at various states of completion, I think, that are ready to go. I don't want to give too much away no, of no, course not. about them, but, they're, but Dalek's master plan... You're doing a brilliant involved. job of teasing us. Brilliant. Yeah. But also that you 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 uh, have a Patreon page, don't you? So that so that people who who become Patreons get to get sneak previews of, of this stuff as well. They do, yeah. And and, um, and uh, we we obviously love to thank all of them. They're, they've been fantastic. What they what they do, they they chip in with ideas as well and help us along, which is which is fantastic. We love we love all that sort of feedback from that. This website of yours, I think that I went through a period, John, where I was taking the Daleks a little bit for granted. And this was before and slightly after when Doctor Who came back to the television. Your website definitely played a part in reminding me why I loved them so much when I was younger and adding something somewhere. Obviously, adulthood can deplete 
our senses, our sense of wonder, of, of childlike wonder at these things, if you let it. <laughs> and sometimes I find I need to sort of restock on, on enthusiasm from, from somewhere, from somehow. And your website has been there for me two or three or maybe four or five times over. Can't wait to see how it evolves in the future okay. and how the entire brand, how the, this family of content and all the, or everybody who works on Dalek 6388 and Terry Nation Army, I'd just say thank you for all that you've done can't wait to see what's coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'm, that makes me really proud to know that you've, uh, you've all enjoyed it. I, I can only echo what Dan has said. I just love it. As I say, in particular, I just love the video. So, you know, please. And I, I thought that you had completed all the videos that you were going to complete sort of a year or two ago. I thought I just assumed that was it. Keep coming because they're, they're very much enjoyed and very much loved. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we thank you very much for, for all of the hard work that you all do. The links thank you. to all of that, they'll be in the show notes of the podcast and the description of our video track too. Tell them, John, where can people find all things Dalek 6388? The main website, which is dalek6388.co.uk. And then we have links, obviously, to from, from there to the, the Facebook page, the, the Twitter page, uh, the YouTube page, Patreon. There's, there's Kofi there as well. Uh, all the links are there, but uh, if you go onto Twitter and put in Dalek6388 or Facebook and put that in as well, you we usually pop up somewhere. And then, of yeah. course, the YouTube page. Which the is YouTube, which... yeah, of course, the YouTube page. So how could I forget that? Yeah, but again, that's all linked to from the main yeah. website anyway. That's uh, going to get there. Fantastic. That's the old girl starting up and calling time on another Type 40 Doctor Who podcast. I'll be back with another one soon enough. Look out for that wherever you found this. It could have been on the dedicated home feed for Type 40 at type40.podbean.com. could have been on Spotify, Audible, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbay, you name it. Oh, so many podcatchers now, I can't remember how many were on, Simon. Find us across pretty much anyone that you use. We're also still on the fabulous Fandom Podcast Network's own master feed that's filled with so many treats for your ears on the daily our social media instagram and twitter at type 40 doctor who or you can join us if you're feeling really brave in real time in the type 40 facebook group simon where can people catch up with you on social media come and have a look at uh, the hoonatics on uh, facebook you'll find me there and how about you john are you a social media user can people come and interact with you anywhere or with your with the project on twitter yeah, probably the, the Dalek 6388 Twitter account is probably the best place to catch me. The Facebook page as well, we, we, can, we can interact with us there as well. Well, yes, thanks for your company, John. It's been absolutely fascinating and a big happy, happy birthday to Dalek 6388. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you got any questions for John or Gav or anybody else over there? Head over to the Dalek 6388 YouTube channel and subscribe there too. But that's it for this time. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, take care. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.